0: God. We looked at Israel and we see that after many, many of the wondrous things that God had done uh, and, and how he had taken care of them, how he had led them out of Egyptian bondage, all of those things, after all those things that he did for them, they chose to reject God time and time again. And like Israel, many today also reject him despite all that He has done for us, even in our lives. We understand that God has a great deal to do with our lives. And so when we recognize that, there are still some today that will make the choice to reject Him. God has blessed us simply by giving us life. Just the fact that we are able to be here today is evidence of God's great power. And his blessings upon us. And even greater, we understand that God just doesn't give us life here on this earth, but He also gives us something to look forward to. And even greater than life on earth, He offers us life eternal if we are faithful to Him. If we do those things that, that, that bring glory to Him, that He has told us to do. John John 3.16 for God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son, that whosoever believes in Him should not perish, but have everlasting life. That's evidence of God's love for us, for His creation. And as did Noah, we have found grace in the sight of the Lord. And that's something that, that it should be very important to us. But today's lesson is not on rejecting God as we looked at last week, but today's lesson is to believe. To believe. What does it really mean for us to believe? What reasons do we have for believing? What are we to do with our belief? What is provided with us if we believe? Those are the things that I want us to meditate on this morning. We begin our lesson with reasons for believing. Reasons for believing. I hope that that we all believe in God. I hope that we all believe in His power. I hope that we all believe these things to be true. And I believe that we do. I, I don't think you would be here today if you didn't believe Uh, But but again, these are, are good reasons for us to believe. These are good reasons for us to share with others who may not believe. But we begin in Romans chapter 1. Romans chapter 1 and beginning with verse 18. And here we find evidence for believing. Reasons for believing. In Romans 1 and beginning with verse 18... It says for the wrath of god is revealed from heaven against all ungodliness and unrighteousness of men who suppress the truth and unrighteousness because what may be known of god is manifest in them for god has shown it to them for since the creation of the world his invisible attributes are clearly seen being understood by the things that are made even His eternal power and Godhead, so that they are without excuse. Because although they knew God, they did not glorify Him as God, nor were thankful, but became futile in their thoughts, and their foolish hearts were darkened. Here we see that there is reason for believing. What may be known of God is manifest God has shown it to even the unrighteous for since the creation of the world his invisible attributes are clearly seen Hebrews 11 verse 1 faith is the substance of things hoped for and the evidence of things not seen we look at our world and we see many great evidences of God's creation, of God's handiwork, of His power, so that that even those that do not know Him know that He exists. And yet there are still so many that refuse to believe in Him. Maybe because of what they've been taught throughout their childhood, maybe because of of just simple ignorance or, or simple arrogance. But they choose not to believe. They choose to reject God despite the evidence that is clearly seen. When I look at our world, when I look at at creation, when I even look at the human body, I see that, that it can't have just come across by some big bang as many believe. But it must have been created by someone. And that someone I know to be God. Because the wicked were able to know God, their behavior here is said to be inexcusable. We have God clearly evidenced in our lives. It's just up to us to open our eyes. Our eyes of faith and see them. As we look at at believing, we look at those who believe. The faith of his followers. In Hebrews 11, beginning with verse 4, Hebrews 11 and verse 4, we begin reading of individuals that believed in why, By faith, Abel offered to God a more excellent sacrifice than Cain, through which he obtained witness that he was righteous, God testifying of his gifts, and through it He being dead still speaks. By faith Enoch was taken away so that he did not see death and was not found because God had taken him. For before he was taken he had this testimony that he pleased God. But without faith it is impossible to please Him. For he who comes to God must believe that he is, and that he is a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. By faith Noah, being divinely warned of things not yet seen, moved with godly fear, prepared an ark for the saving of his household, by which he condemned the world and became heir of the righteousness which is according to faith." As we read in verse 6, those who serve Him must believe that He is. How could we serve a God that we do not believe in? Or that we do not believe exists? How could we serve a God that we're unsure of? We can't do that, can we? It is impossible. If we are going to serve Him, if we are going to please Him, then we must believe in His existence. We must believe in the the words, the the things that, that we have been provided with in the Scriptures. We must believe in order to please God. There are others. Abraham's faith was made evident in that he was willing to sacrifice his only son for God in many ways a foreshadowing of what God did in sacrificing His own son on our behalf. Isaac blessed his sons based on faith in God. And I wonder what his faith in God was like after going through that experience in Genesis 22 with Abraham carrying him up on the mountain and coming very close to sacrificing him to taking his life. I wonder what kind of faith he had in God, hearing the same thing that Abraham did, most likely. But Isaac blessed his sons based on faith in God. And Jacob did the same, passing down a legacy of faith. Joseph knew that God's people who had come to Egypt would one day leave by the power of God and he gave instructions for the carrying out of his bones when they did. He had faith. He had faith in the power of God. And faith was found in Moses' parents, Amram and Jochebed, and also in Moses himself. Faith enough that, that whenever it, it came... Time for him to make a decision. He chose not to stay with the Egyptians, not to live in royalty and luxury, not to enjoy the pleasures of sin for a season. But he chose to suffer with the people of God. That was his choice, that was his decision. God revealed Himself to the Egyptians and for the most part an unbelieving Israel through miraculous signs. Exodus chapter 4 beginning with verse 1. Exodus 4 and verse 1. Then Moses answered and said, But suppose they will not believe me or listen to my voice. Suppose they say, The Lord has not appeared to you. So the Lord said to him, What is that in your hand? He said, A rod. And he said, Cast it on the ground. So he cast it on the ground, and it became a serpent. And Moses fled from it. Then the Lord said to Moses, Reach out your hand and take it by the tail. And he reached out his hand and caught it, and it became a rod in his hand. That they may believe that the Lord God of their fathers, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, and the God of Jacob has appeared to you. Verse 6, furthermore the Lord said to him, Now put your hand in your bosom. And he put his hand in his bosom. And when he took it out, behold, his hand was leprous like snow. And he said, Put your hand in your bosom again. So he put his hand in his bosom again and drew it out of his bosom. And behold, it was restored like his other flesh. Then it will be, if they do not believe you, nor heed the message of the first sign, that they may believe the message of the latter sign. And it shall be, if they do not believe even these two signs, or listen to your voice, that you shall take water from the river and pour it on the dry land. The water which you take from the river will become blood on the dry land. And nine other plagues also proved to Pharaoh and Israel that God is that God is who He said He is. Always has been and always will be. Going back a chapter to Exodus 3, verses 13 and 14. Then Moses said to God, Indeed, when I come to the children of Israel and say to them, The God of your fathers has sent me to you, and they say to me, What is His name? What shall I say to them? And God said to Moses, I am who I am. And he said, Thus you shall say to the children of Israel, I am has sent me to you. Based on all of these things that we have looked at thus far, we can believe. These are reasons for believing. Believing in God, believing in His power, God has made those things very, very evident. Belief in God also leads us to faith in Christ. Faith in Christ. To faithfully follow God, we must also believe in His Son. In the beginnings of Jesus' ministry, we'll look at a few verses from the book of Mark. But in Mark chapter 1. Mark chapter 1, beginning with verse 14. Now after John was put in prison, Jesus came to Galilee, preaching the gospel of the kingdom of God, and saying, The time is fulfilled, and the kingdom of God is at hand. Repent and believe in the gospel. Repent and believe in the gospel. We are to believe in the gospel message. The message as Jesus presented it and as His apostles presented it as He had taught them. We must believe. In the following verses we read the faith. Of his disciples to follow Jesus. Mark 1 and verse 16. And as he walked by the sea of Galilee, he saw Simon and Andrew his brother casting a net into the sea, for they were fishermen. Then Jesus said to them, Follow me, and I will make you become fishers of men. They immediately left their nets and followed him. When he had gone a little farther from there, he saw James, the son of Zebedee, and John, his brother, who also were in the boat mending their nets. And immediately he called them, and they left their father Zebedee in the boat with the hired servants and went after him. They believed. They believed. They had faith enough that they were willing to drop everything. To leave their jobs, to leave their their current form of livelihood. They were willing to leave it all, to forsake it all, because of their faith in Christ. To believe in Christ is also to believe in his death, burial, and resurrection. In Mark 15, beginning with verse 31, we read of Jesus on the cross. Mark fifteen thirty-one. Likewise, the chief priests also, mocking among themselves with the scribes, said, He saved others. Himself He cannot save. Let the Christ, the King of Israel, descend now from the cross, that we may see and believe. even those who were crucified with him reviled him. I wondered even if he had descended from the cross as these implored him to do. I wonder if they really would have believed. They thought they would believe if he did. But I wonder if he would. Or if they would. If they truly wanted to believe. Wouldn't they have done so by now? After seeing the miracles of Jesus. And seeing the things that he was able to accomplish. That no one else could. To see his love and compassion for individuals, even sinners. Don't you think they would have believed by now? They had every opportunity to believe. There is no doubt about that. And some did. Even of the scribes and Pharisees, we find that there were, were those that followed Jesus. Though few in number... Something changed in at least one individual that was present. There were many around the cross that were throwing threats of slander and mean words against Jesus. There was at least one individual that was transformed in those few hours that Jesus was on the cross. As we read in Luke 23, verses 40 through 43, there was something that changed in one of the thieves who had reviled Him. In Mark it says, even those who were crucified with Him reviled Him. Both of the thieves reviled Him and spoke evil against Him. Somewhere in that span of time, one of those thieves had a change of heart and a change of mind. And he asked to be remembered by Jesus, who said, Today you will be with me in paradise. Joseph of Arimathea believed and buried Jesus in his own tomb. And even before seeing Him resurrected, Mary Magdalene, Mary the mother of James and Siloam, believed as they they came to the tomb and and they were told that He was not there, that He was risen. They believed. They went to tell His apostles. Mark 16, begin reading at verse 2. Mark 16 and verse 2, very early in the morning. On the first day of the week they came to the tomb when the sun had risen and they said among themselves, Who will roll away the stone from the door of the tomb for us? But when they looked up, they saw that the stone had been rolled away. For it was very large. And entering the tomb, they saw a young man clothed in a long white robe, sitting on the right side, and they were alarmed. But He said to them, Do not be alarmed. You seek Jesus of Nazareth, who was crucified. He is risen. He is not here. See the place where they laid Him. But go, tell His disciples and Peter that He is going before you into Galilee. There you will see Him as He said to you. So they went out quickly and fled from the tomb. For they trembled and were amazed and they said nothing to anyone for they were afraid. Jesus revealed Himself to His own disciples that they might believe in His resurrection. Luke 24 beginning with verse 36. Luke 24 and verse 36 Now as they said these things, Jesus Himself stood in the midst of them and said to them, Peace to you. But they were terrified and frightened, and supposed they had seen a spirit. And He said to them, Why are you troubled? And why do doubts arise in your hearts? Behold My hands and My feet, that it is I Myself. Handle Me and see. For a spirit does not have flesh and bones as you see I have. When he had said this, he showed them his hands and his feet. Believing, the eleven that were present were told to share their belief with the world. Mark 16, verse 14. Later he appeared to the eleven as they sat at the table And He rebuked their unbelief and hardness of heart. Because they did not believe those who had seen Him after He had risen. So it took a little convincing. Even after all the things that they had been through with Jesus, all the time that they had spent with Him, it took them a little convincing. And Jesus rebuked them for their behavior they of all people should know that He was coming back. In verse 15, He said to them, Go into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. He who believes and is baptized will be saved but he who does not believe will be condemned and there were signs and wonders that would follow them verse 17 in my name they will cast out demons they will speak with new tongues they will take up serpent serpents and if they drink anything deadly it will by no means hurt them they will lay hands on the sick and they will recover These were to follow these apostles that he is talking to. They were able to share these gifts with others who were able to use them, but they could not pass them on themselves. But these signs and wonders were to be evidence of their faith and evidence as to why others should believe May I ask you a question. Do you believe? The reason that we have all of these things recorded in Scripture is provided in John twenty, verses thirty and thirty one. John twenty, and beginning with verse thirty. And truly Jesus did many other signs in the presence of His disciples which are not written in this book. But these are written. That you may believe, that you may believe that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of God, and that believing you may have life in His name. These things are given to us in Scripture, in the form of Scripture, so that we also might believe. So that we will not be like Israel and, and reject God, but so that we might believe and that we might be saved. In the latter portion of Peter's sermon in Acts chapter 2, I want to begin reading at verse 29. Acts 2 and verse 29. Men and brethren, let me speak freely to you of the patriarch David, that he is both dead and buried, and his tomb is with us to this day. Therefore, being a prophet, and knowing that God had sworn with an oath to him that of the fruit of his body, according to the flesh, he would raise up the Christ to sit on his throne. He, foreseeing this, spoke concerning the resurrection of the Christ that his soul was not left in Hades, nor did his flesh see corruption. This Jesus God is raised up, of which we are all witnesses. Therefore being exalted to the right hand of God, and having received from the Father the promise of the Holy Spirit, he poured out this which you now see and hear. For David did not ascend into the heavens, but he says himself, The Lord said to my Lord, Sit at my right hand till I make your enemies your footstool. Therefore let all the house of Israel know assuredly that God has made this Jesus whom you crucified, both Lord and Christ. Now when they heard this, they were cut to the heart and said to Peter and the rest of the apostles, Men and brethren, what shall we do? Then Peter said to them, Repent, and let every one of you be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of sins, and you shall receive the gift of the Holy Spirit for the promises to you and to your children and to all who are afar off, as many as the Lord our God will call. And with many other words he testified and exhorted them saying." Be saved from this perverse generation. And those who gladly received his word were baptized. And that day about 3,000 souls were added to them. And they continued steadfastly in the apostles' doctrine and fellowship, in the breaking of bread and in prayers. Then fear came upon every soul, and many wonders and signs were done through the apostles. Now all Added to the church daily those who were being saved. These that heard Peter's words believed. Their belief is expressed in the question that they asked him. Men and brethren, what shall we do? There was no doubt that they believed But belief wasn't enough. And there was something that they needed to do. And Peter told them what they needed to do. Repent and let every one of you be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ. For the remission of sins. For the forgiveness of their sins. They needed to repent. To change their lives. To change their direction change their heart and obey the gospel and baptism for the remission of their sin. And in doing that we are told what they did. After they had obeyed the gospel, after they had been the three, these 3,000 souls were added to them, in the establishment of the church, They continued together. They continued together daily. They continued together on a weekly basis, meeting for the purpose of worshiping God. And we follow their example as it is seen in Acts 20, verse 7. And the same commission that is given to Jesus' apostles in Mark chapter 16 is the same commission that is given to all Christians. Take note of of the latter part of verse 47 of Acts 2. And the Lord added to the church daily. He added to the church daily those who were being saved. How were others being saved? Might we ask? Because these disciples, these that had been added to the Lord's church, these followers of Christ, they shared their faith with the world. And so there were many more that were added to the Lord's church by the Lord Himself because His disciples were fulfilling their mission. Do you believe? Like I said before, I don't think you would be here unless you believed. So maybe the question isn't, do you believe? But maybe the question is more about what are you doing with your belief? You see, we are to do as these disciples did. Following the day of Pentecost, they continued teaching others. They continued winning souls to Christ. And we need to do that same thing. We are also given the commission to carry the gospel into the world so that others also might believe and be saved. That's our responsibility as, as mankind. God has given us that responsibility. Jesus, by His authority, has given us that responsibility. And if we fail in our mission to bring others to Him, then in some ways, in many ways, maybe in all ways, we are not doing with our belief what we need to be doing. Do you believe? Have you obeyed the gospel? Are you a faithful child of God? Or have you erred from the way? Do you need to come back to Him? Confessing fault or asking for prayer on your behalf? Do you stand in need of the Lord's invitation today? I don't know your heart. But I do know that you need to respond if you are outside of Christ. And we certainly would be glad to help you in any way that we can. So we offer you the Lord's invitation. As we always do, if you are in need of responding, we invite you to come as we stand and as we sing.
1: have you a heart that's where Yeah.
0: Number 645. Number 645. The old rugged cross. We'll use this to prepare minds for the Lord's Supper. Number 645. Sing stanzas 1 and 3.
1: Mm-hmm. On a hill. Nah, uh, <laughs>